What is up design family and welcome back to another episode of Fit Design TV. So glad to have you guys back on the channel. On today's episode, I want to quickly and effectively explain copyright and trademark infringement when it comes to fashion brands. I know a lot of you guys are always in fear of potentially having your trademark or your copyright stolen from under you or actually potentially trespassing on an existing copyright or a trademark without knowing and being sued to infinity. Well, if you guys have ever been curious about this topic, watch this episode. You guys are in for a good one. Let us look at copywriting and trademarking. Trademarking is the protection of a brand icon and a brand name against use by other brands. Copywriting is the protection of a visual cue or visual aesthetic. It's a bit more ephemeral in a sense when it comes to your protection. So I've done a separate video in the past that I highly recommend you guys check out when it comes to what a trademark is, how to register a trademark specifically in the United States, what you need to do in order to protect against your trademark, and ultimately how you can have long-term success with trademarking your brand so you're protected from all items. But copywriting, you're creating a brand, you want to use graphic assets, and you're worried about potentially trespassing over an existing copyright. Well, you've obviously seen brands before use intellectual property from other brands, right? You might have seen H&M create a Marvel t-shirt. What's that all about? And can you do the same? Well, the question here is licensing. Can Chances are H&M has purchased the license and the rights to use that copyrighted material from Marvel itself or from the entity that owns these copyrighted materials. And there's two key things that they need to consider when they're using copyrighted material. Number one is what is the term by which you can use this? So for how long is this item copyrighted for or protected for? You don't have copyright protection in perpetuity. It needs to be renewed. It's something that may run out eventually over time. It depends on the stipulations of that specific protection. So what is the term that you plan on copywriting this item for? Two is in which territories are you operating in? When it comes to trademarking and when it comes to copywriting, you need to actually protect your assets in all territories that you plan on operating in. Just because you have a copyright or a trademark for a specific icon in North America does not mean that same protection will be granted to you in Europe. How do you know if you are potentially infringing on an existing brand's copyright? And what do you want to consider when this does, or by mistake, when this does arise? Well, there's a couple things that any case would have to consider when it comes to copyright infringement. Number one is going to be what is the strength of the trademark in the claim, right? So someone is claiming that you're infringing on their trademark. What is the strength of the trademark? Do they own just the trademark for the name itself? So just the word itself? Or do they own the trademark for the visual cues and the aesthetics there? So a good example of this might be Supreme. Supreme will own the trademark for the brand name, but they may not own the trademark for the red box with the white bold italic font. Two, what is the proximity of brand X to brand Y? Are they operating in the same markets? If they're operating in the same markets, then there is a claim to be made. But if they're operating in completely different markets, if you don't own the rights to protect or the trademarking protection against that name in those territories, well, then you also don't have a claim there. And also, just because you do own a trademark in a specific territory, if you cannot show history of actually operating economically in that space, well, your trademark protection might actually be turned down. Three is actually what are the core similarities of the trademarks? Is it just the visual look and aesthetic? You've seen those items before, right? Those, those Gucci fleur slippers that every single fast fashion brand has actually emulated almost step by step and detail by detail. What is the case there, right? What is the deal with that? Well, just understand that you cannot copyright specific things. So brands 
that are, let's just say, unscrupulous will use that to their advantage and they'll make something look and feel like a high-end luxury brand. They'll actually take those design details and they'll emulate them almost one for one, but being very meticulous about avoiding specific trademark assets. So they won't use the Gucci name, they won't use the Gucci emblem, but they will use everything that they can to make it look like a Gucci item. Number four is what is the actual evidence or potential evidence for confusion? Sometimes you have brand X and brand X.0. On paper, brand X.0 is different than brand X, but you have to also look at, is there a potential for confusion between brand X and brand X.0? If there is, then brand X can actually sue brand X.0 for creating a brand that has such a similar look and feel to brand X that it could potentially distract customers or confuse customers and take market share away from brand X in a way that's unlawful and bring it to brand X.0. And what a jury has to determine is number one, is this intentional? And two, how similar are the brands? And really, is there a true case to be made about confusion? Sometimes the brands don't have to sound the same at all. What they just have to have is a similar look and feel from their website to their Instagram to the way that they brand themselves. If there is enough of a case to be made that there is significant confusion to be had, well, then you might find yourself on the wrong side of a trademark case. Number five is both brands. What are the core marketing channels that they're using? Again, this goes back to what markets are you operating in? What territories are you operating in? What avenue, what playground are you actually playing in? If both of the brands share a very similar marketing aesthetic, marketing channel, distribution channels, well, then there is a case to be made about that. But let's just say you have one old school style brand that is in woodworking and another brand that is in health and fitness. And the woodworking brand is all about their editorials and their magazines and a little bit of more of an old school style marketing versus your sports or brand is more about influencer marketing, TikTok, organic content, YouTube. Well, there the marketing channels would be different and there may be no case to be made at all. Number six, you actually have to look at the original intent for that copyright infringement. So I'll give you guys a very clear example. Sometimes you have these trends that take the industry by storm and you see a lot of brands just hopping onto these trends a jury will actually consider what is the original intent for this trademark infringement? Is it something that is on purpose? Has it been done with the intention of actually violating a trademark for financial gain? Or is it just a simple case of, oh, we follow the trends and it just so happened that this specific scenario led to a mini trademark infringement. So there is a little bit of a gray zone to be seen there. Number seven and last but definitely not least is going to be what are the likelihood of expansion of the trademark infringing brand? Let's just say you're an existing brand and you own a trademark for your wordmark and your icon and you notice that a brand that's very very small that's making maybe 10 sales a month infringes on your trademark well there may be no case to be made here because the scope of the trademark infringement is very very limited it may not even be worth it to send a cease and desist so it is important to look at the likelihood of expansion of the brand but if the brand is actually gaining massive momentum off of the back of infringing on your trademark, well, there is a case to be made there because they're using your trademark as a source of growth and a source of expansion. Well, guys, that is it. That is a wrap on understanding trademark and copyright infringement for fashion brands. Hopefully you have a better understanding of how to keep yourself safe and ultimately how to navigate around the apparel world in a way that makes sense, that allows you to create original, unique designs without actually infringing on someone else's copyright and without having your own copyright and trademarks infringed upon. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider smashing a massive thumbs up. It really does help us out. It keeps us motivated to keep creating this content for you. If you have any specific copyright or trademark infringement questions for me personally, you can book a one-on-one -on -one private consultation call with me. I have limited slots, so make sure to check the link in the description. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.